Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey, girl, hey! Welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. So here's the deal. I have a two-hour talk radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show, Monday through Friday that's available live from 8 to 10 a.m. EST and then available for download to listen to whenever you want. But it's a subscription-based radio show. Hey, running a live radio show ain't cheap, honey. I do, however, realize that some people can't or simply don't want to pay for content, so... Here's a little bite of what I'm all about for you to nibble on. I hope you love it. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to another episode of Taste of Taylor. It's my weekly podcast. So every week you just really get a taste of me and what I'm all about. I have a live radio show called The Taylor Strecker Show, in case I haven't said it one million times. Um, and I'm referencing it right now because you've been introduced to two of my amazing co-hosts. Uh, Sean Kilby, love him. We used to work together back in the Cosmo radio days when we were on Sirius. I mean, we literally were on the same channel. We launched radio for women by women. So we have a very special bond. And if you ever listen to Cosmo Radio and you loved Cocktails with Patrick, you probably are familiar with Sean because he worked with Patrick. It was Sean and Patrick on Cocktails with Patrick. And he's amazing. And once Cosmo Radio, they got rid of Cosmo Radio. God, we've been doing it probably for seven years. And the editor-in-chief, Kate White, love, love, love her. She was the one who basically started Cosmo Radio and picked the talent. And so when she left her position as editor-in-chief and they brought a new editor-in-chief in, Joanna Coles, who you might remember, it's such a small world. It's like radio, reality TV show, publishing world. It's all like very, very, very small and insular. Um, so Joanna Coles was on a reality show on E! called Oh So Cosmo. Anyway, so... When Joanna first came in, we were nervous because whenever new bosses come into anything, like especially like in these public companies, they love to clean house. That's like that's like new boss 101. It's like wipe everybody out and like start from scratch. And I mean, I guess it sucks when you're of the old regime, but I don't. I can't deny that I don't understand why you'd want to do that when you're like the head honcho. So anyway, we were all scared that she was going to wipe us out, but we won her over and she really, really loved us for a year. Um, <laughs> and then she got rid of Cosmo Radio. Um, so we all, all of our heads were on the chopping block and um, Sean and Patrick, yeah, they were removed from the girl channel, which then became from Cosmo Radio, it became stars. And that's what I was put on. Uh, and I was there for the remainder of my time at Sirius. But um, Sean and Patrick were, 
were removed from the female channel because they didn't consider them to be women because they have dicks, which I guess kind of makes sense, although they did great female programming. Anyway, so the boys moved over to um, sports on Sirius, and Patrick to this day remains on the sports channel, but Sean went over there with him, and Sean can do sports, but Sean's bread and butter, honestly, is like doing like girl radio, but as a guy, which I love. I think that that's such a strong and powerful thing to be is a guy who can speak a straight guy who can speak girl and like really enjoy like that female entertainment niche I think it's one of the most special type of people that there is in broadcasting so Sean is most definitely that so you've gotten to know Sean very very well and I love Sean to bits and pieces and we make radio go together uh also somebody here probably very familiar with at this point is another one of my co-hosts she's on Tuesday so Sean's on Mondays and Fridays on the Taylor Strecker Show. And then Emma Woolman is every single Tuesday, for the most part. Sometimes she's out in L.A. because she's on My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And uh, she's a stand comedian. She's super busy. But she's freaking, she's amazing. She's awesome. So uh, I'm like, hey, if you got to take a week off or a month off, that's okay. I'll find fillings because I love her so much I don't want to ever let her go. She's a baby angel. So Emma's also hysterical. And you've heard her on this podcast as well. But the thing is I have other, I have other co-hosts because I rotate them on my live radio show Monday through Friday, The Taylor Strecker Show. So you have yet to hear on this podcast. Podcast, like in terms of maybe even clips in general, Lori Bergamotto, right, Katie? No one's heard from Lori yet, right? No, not yet. No, okay, not yet. And then also Rob Shooter. Rob Shooter. But Rob Shooter, you haven't heard from because he is a dick bag and he wouldn't sign his release form uh, and he was being difficult. So he finally signed it. So he gets to be on the podcast as well. But I really do want to include every single person that I co host with because they are so special. So Sex in the City, not to say that my radio show is as good as Sex in the City. Not to say it's not, but I'm just like, okay, that would be an whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I'm stumbling. But well, I guess I am about to say that my radio show is like Sex and the City. But Sex and the City, people said it was so popular because every single character, it wasn't really that they were individual people, but every single character represented like a personality or a bit, a piece of a personality of like one woman. So like we all have like a little bit of Carrie in us, a little bit of Samantha, a little bit of Miranda, a little bit of uh, Charlotte. And then also they always say that New York City was in and of itself a character on Sex and the City, which totally makes sense. And I'm a huge fan of the show, so maybe I subconsciously copied it. <laughs> but um, how about we say insp- I-, I was inspired by Sex and the City. So I, for, for many, many years when I worked on Cosmo Radio and then we moved over to Stars at Sirius, I had a, a permanent co-host who you guys, if you listen to me for a long time, you know and you love and are obsessed with him, as am I. Kenny Zimlinghouse, so amazing. I mean, he's just, the two of us were radio gold together. And so when he left and moved to Pittsburgh, I was like, I can't possibly replace Kenny because anybody who com- comes and tries to fill Kenny's shoes is like going to be like booed off the stage, essentially. And it's going to be a disaster. And so we kind of came up with this idea of rotating co-hosts hosts and that I mean I was just rotating like through different people for like months and months straight like nobody ever repeated and we were actually looking for a full-time co-host to replace Kenny and I went to my boss at Sirius and I said you know what I have this idea that maybe we just rather than decide on one co-host every single day because it's going to be really hard for somebody to fill Kenny's shoes why don't we just rotate five really strong people um and so that's and that's what we ended up doing um on my last year I guess at Sirius and so when I moved over here to my independent radio show I figured why not bring that kind of structure because I really, really loved it. And so did the audience and the different co-hosts bring out different personalities in me. And 
it's really, I don't know, it's very, it's very fun and it's very special. And also in the podcasting world, you know, you get a new podcast every single week. But like, for example, Stassi, because Stassi's, you know, my girl and I love her podcast, Straight Up With Stassi. And so I've learned kind of about podcasting through doing Stassi's show and listening to her show as well. But, you know, that's a constant rotation. She's like this, she's the anchor and there's always a rotation of co-hosts and some of them are regulars. Like, I'm a semi-regular, but like Rachel O'Brien is like a regular a lot on the show and I feel like now her boyfriend Bo is going to be a very regular co-host, which is awesome because I don't even know the guy and I'm in love with them. But anyway, um, so we kind of kept that going. And so I feel like so far on Taste of Taylor, you've really only had a, a, a small dose, a small taste of what my regular show is really about because I have two other co-hosts who haven't really been featured at all. So uh, today I'm featuring a clip with the amazing Lori Bergamotto. I love myself some Lori Bergamotto. Okay, so Lori uh, was my Wednesday co-host back at Sirius and she's my Wednesday co-host now on the Taylor Strucker Show. She she is, okay, speaking of the industry being small, Lori Bergamotto knows literally everybody in the industry. So Lori's worked in the magazine world, the publishing world forever. She's going to get mad that I said forever because she's going to think that I'm, that's me saying that she's old. She is not old. She is cute as, like, cute as a button. She's gorgeous. She's incredible. She's she's the most amazing person. She reminds me a lot of my mom, like maybe like a big sister, I would say. But And I, when I say my mom, I mean that as a compliment. My mom is like my best friend. She's gorgeous. She's smart. She's amazing. Um, she She's a like a lady. I aspire to be like that. I'm not a lady. I have a trucker mouth and I behave very poorly, but I aspire to be a lady. And so my mom is one and so is Lori. And we just have this amazing connection. And um, I love Lori too. I feel like we have very similar sensibilities when it comes to the world and the way that we live or the way that we aspire to live. Um, Lori's really great. But anyway, she knows everybody. And Lori, so she worked at Glamour and she worked at People and Magazine. And um, now she works at Good Housekeeping Magazine. And But she also does a lot of um, stuff on the Today Show and Good Morning America, Wendy Williams. So Lori's like in the publishing and also the audio and also the video world. And Lori knows everything everybody seeing this industry through Lori's eyes you realize like what a small world we live in um so I love that about Lori because she always has so many interesting stories about like celebrities and like I mean like literally everybody I know in my life I always joke that there's six degrees of separation to Lori Bergamotto because she literally knows that she she is like the Kevin Bacon of like the female media industry anyway she's amazing I love her I also love myself some Lori Bergamotto because Lori Bergamotto, she, maybe because she's so multifaceted and all the things she's done in her career, but Lori, she like literally makes it a point in every single day of her life to consume like X amount of hours of uh, media, whether it's television shows, podcasts, reading articles, but she's like, I mean, she's, she literally subscribes to the radio show that we do together and she listens to every single episode. Like Lori likes to always be in the know, which I love because I'm the complete opposite. I like to be in the unknown. I don't want to know anything. I don't watch the news. The only thing I know is like the housewives, Vanderpump, all things Bravo. And then like my own life, that's about where it begins and ends. But sometimes like really important things pop up in the news and in media and I want to talk about them because I'm impassioned by them very rarely. But every now and then something pops up that I feel like really passionate about and must speak to. And Lori, like I said, she like prides herself on knowing a lot of things and just educating herself on what's going on pop culturally. And so this was a great moment I had with Lori and it happened last week. And so it might be a little old news to you at this point, but in case you didn't know, so 
Uh, Perez Hilton has a podcast. I'm sure it's actually quite entertaining, but I have yet to listen. But um, he was recently talking about not wanting to enroll his son in dance classes because he was saying that, you know, well, you know that 50% of all little boys that do dance class come out and they're gay. And, you know, it's no coincidence that guys in plays in the entertainment industry are gay. And, you know, if you seek that out, you're probably gay. Or and he kind of almost implied that it might turn people gay, which is crazy as a gay man that he's saying this. So anyway, he got a lot of backlash for what he said in his podcast and so on Easter Sunday he did a YouTube video where he was trying to explain why he said what he said and if I'm being honest he actually dug himself in way way deeper uh, with this video trying to fix what he said on his podcast and he basically just reaffirmed even more so what he said in his podcast and so this was something that I felt super super passionate about and um, it actually just happened to fall the day before Laura came in and it was just like it, it was like a perfect storm for conversation of this degree so anyway um, I pulled this clip that I did with Lori because it's about time, darn it, that Lori Bergamotto gets to be on Taste of Taylor and you guys get to meet her because she's amazing. And also, I was just so moved by this conversation. And I think, you know, I always like to keep things light and fun. And I think that Lori and I do an okay job of keeping it light and fun, but it is kind of a serious topic. And, you know, I was kind of pissed off, pissed off and moved off or moved enough that I needed to talk about this and address it because I kind of felt like personally insulted as somebody that's a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, and I was just kind of mind boggled by the whole thing. So anyway, uh, take a listen to this clip. It's myself and Lori Bergamato basically going in on Perez Hilton, but also trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, take a listen. It's interesting. Speaking of gay, yes. okay, so let's talk about this Perez Hilton thing. So okay. Perez Hilton came out with a story. I'm sorry. He has a podcast. I'm sure it's crap don't listen to it listen to me taste of taylor okay so <laughs> no I'm, I'm sure it's actually highly entertaining so he said uh i would prefer if my son was not gay on his podcast so on his podcast and i'm paraphrasing here okay but he basically said that um his son um hold on i'm gonna blow this up because i am blind person oh god please oh there we go i really my eyesight's going girl do you do do you happen to know the context of what why he was saying this? Yes, he was talking okay. about dance class for his son. He didn't want to put his son in dance class okay. because he said he believes in his <laughs> expert opinion of being gay that 50% of all little boys in dance class are gay. <laughs> Listen. So, um, the celebrity blogger, multi. this comes from, I just want to give them credit, Huffington Post. Okay. The celebrity blogger and multimedia entrepreneur sparked criticism by saying he wants his son uh, to grow up to be straight because it's easier. Now, I don't deny what he's saying. Like, right. it, it like, makes sense to me. But here we go. So, th there's a lot, to, a lot of layers to this. And what okay. do you think about this? 844 um, So, he said, because like 50% or more of little boys who take dance class end up being gay. He said, if I have my preference, these are quotes from his podcast podcast, by the way. Okay. If I had my preference, I'd prefer my son to be uh, heterosexual because that's easier. I'm sorry. This is from his podcast as well as his YouTube video. So he did his podcast, got backlash, and then did a YouTube video on Easter. As like an explanation. As an explanation. And okay. as he was doing, he was like, I think I'm digging myself deeper. And he oh, was. God. And he was. I have the audio. Do you want to listen to it? Sure. Okay. So, um, but I'm going to read real quick. So as okay. a gay man, I'm not ashamed of being gay, but if I could go back in time when I was 18 and be mm -hmm. given a choice, 
I would choose then to be heterosexual. Okay. Now, this is a sad thing for him to say, but it's also an honest thing to say, so I don't yeah. want to slap him down for being honest. Yes, being gay is harder than being straight. I know because I've been straight or what I, whatever I thought I was, and right. now I'm gay right. and, or whatever I am. I'm in a gay relationship, and it's harder. Life is just harder. Having kids is harder. Right. You know, when we go on vacation, I Google, is it gay-friendly? Literally. Oh. That when makes me you know, so some, sad that you have to do. When that I want to hold hands with Taylor, I want to kiss Taylor. I have to think before I do things. It is something that you don't understand unless you've lived it, and you can't understand it. It's not your fault. All you heteros, <laughs> all you heteros, it's not your fault. It's like the, uh, it's kind of like this idea of white privilege. Like you right. can't explain it because they just don't. Uh, they like I'm not white. <laughs> But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I understand that. Like, I used to never understand the concept because I was, uh, uh, I was. Because you're ignorant, privileged. Right? Yeah. And privileged. Yeah. But now I get it. Kind of. Not yeah. fully, but kind of because right. I am in a minority group. Okay. And so that's the thing, you know, people always like, you know, when it comes to the gay marriage or gay issues, it's like, why is it such a thing? Why is it? Because it is a thing. Because we, we, we are at a disadvantage in terms of just like being able to do freely what we want to. It's about freedom to do whatever the fuck you want to do, essentially. Yeah. And we, in the gay community, we do have to pause and stop and think about even holding hands, which something heterosexual couples don't even have to think to do. And like, yes, maybe I'm overly cautious, maybe I'm paranoid, but like I, you know, I also understand that people sexualize lesbians, especially if you're like feminine lesbian. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So like I, I, I'm trying not to put myself and my girlfriend in danger. For, le- for me, it's less about like being, you know, uh, like gay hate crimes and more about like, I don't know, um, receiving male attention that's unwanted. Right. For the wrong reasons. Um. Do you feel scared even in New York City? Sometimes. Like you're, like if you wanted to kiss Taylor or hold her hand, even in Manhattan, you'd be like, mm, let me think twice about that. Or is it like when you guys go away or like when you went up to Lynn, Massachusetts, like is it at those places? Yes. Got it. I actually will tell you. Mm-hmm. When I was in Boston, I had this thought, and I didn't, I, I didn't even think to share it until now, but, you know, thought-provoking Lori brings out th- this in me, which I love, which I love. But I thought... Is Boston a homophobic city? Why? I had that thought. Not that I'm saying, I'm not trying to accuse, and it's a very, it's also a, like an academic place right. where there's a lot of open mindedness, I think comes from just the, the academia culture yeah, in and totally. of itself. Um, and intelligence, and understanding, and empathy, and all that stuff. But, you know, there is also a very blue collar part of, of Boston. Okay. And I, we were taking a lot of public transportation. I don't know why. Um, and <laughs> I remember thinking, like, the conductors were, like, loving us. And Tay's gorgeous and tall and blonde. And there's, you know, I was like, she was like, wow. Oh, guys, you're really friendly. I was like, you're gorgeous and blonde. There's not a ton of blondes in Massachusetts. Um, and let me just interject here for a second. You're no slouch yourself, thank my you. friend. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. So, you know, maybe we were getting attention because two attractive girls together. Right. But I remember, like, when Tay would, like, go to hold my hand, and I was like, N- let's not. We're oh, going to be in really? Lynn, and, like, we'll just be careful. And then, like, even on the way home to Cohasset, which is, like, a little bit, you know, whatever, a more familiar line, mm-hmm. the, we had a conductor that was so, like, these guys were so nice to us. I was, I was like, ridic- they were ridiculously helpful, you know? <laughs> um, and then, like, Tay and I would, like, like be affectionate. And I could, maybe it was me being paranoid. I can totally take that on. But there was a conductor that, like, went from being so nice, he just, like, flipped flipped a switch. After he, yeah. you, you guys, like, held hands and or I something? And I thought, like, that, like I felt this like homophobia from him, not conductor, like a you know like whatever I, the ticket clicker. Ticket clicker. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what those guys. But were. it was interesting. I and I was like maybe I'm just 
in my own head, but I felt it, something. When you guys And were- I felt less safe in Boston than like maybe I feel in Philadelphia. And maybe I feel safe in Philadelphia because it's the city of brotherly love. <laughs> and, I, and, and New York is way more open-minded, but yeah, I thought- New York is like anything goes. I thought, yeah, you kind of have to, you know, yeah, it is a state-by-state thing. It, like in terms of how comfortable I feel being really? like able to show affection towards my girlfriend. Again, I can take on that this might be my stuff, but I- I, I think I'm pretty good at picking up on things. Yeah, I feel like you're good at like getting a vibe from so, people. So I agree with Pres Hilton. Yes, it is harder to be gay. I get it. But, but like he said, like the things he's like he, he's stereotyping like little boys and gay. Like you're gay if you're in dance class. I'm like Pres, what are you saying? So he says being a gay man or even a gay woman. Like oh, like it's less. I mean, what? although maybe it's harder to be a gay man. I'm not a gay man than it's to be a gay woman. I don't know. But wait, what does stuff? Go ahead, read it because uh, I'm confused already. Or a transgendered already. man or a transgender woman in America right. and around the world is still harder, is still a harder road to travel on. We are still discriminated against and I don't want my son or daughter uh, to have a harder path in life. That's what his explanation was. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so apparently he made the video to clarify comments, similar comments. That he, so he reinforced the comments that he made on his podcast, uh, the, the Perez Hilton podcast. Um, la- uh, I, I guess now it was like last week or the week before. And, uh, yeah, people were really, um, pissed and that he were- said that, you know, basically all like 50% of boys that come out of dance class are going to be gay. So he doesn't want to enroll his son in dance class, even if he wants to, because he's what trying to make him not gay. It's like, I know. does he understand what he's saying? I know. And that's the thing. Like as a gay person, he should know you can't enroll a kid in dance class and then poof, that just turns them gay. Yeah. Like, he's, like, like he says, he's saying, I don't want to make my son gay. It's right. like Perez, you're the gayest. Right. So if anything's going to make him gay, like if he isn't already born gay, right? If he's right. going to become gay, which is like the n- number one no-no thing to say in the gay community. Well, because it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, you know what I'm going to try on today? Gay. Just being gay. <laughs> like it doesn't work that way. It's not like a fanny pack. He's, you know? Yep, he like, said this is a quote. This might get me in trouble, but I purposefully would not put my son in, in dance class because dance class might make your kid gay. He said that. I would prefer if my son was heterosexual. If I had to choose, I would be heterosexual too. But you have, but you have a, you are in a gay relationship and you have a, ch- a family. Like, what are you raising them on? I, yeah, this is weird. And the reason I feel like it's doubly weird is because he makes it about the stupid freaking dance class. Right. It's like, I understand what he's saying from the point of being a parent. Because when you're a parent, you're like, you know what I want for my kid is an easy life. Right. But guess what? Life's not easy. It's not easy. But you want to protect these little humans so much that you're like, I just, you know... Anything you can do to make their path a little bit easier, mm-hmm. you want to. Right. Right? Okay. So he's saying, I want my son, I hope my son is straight because people in this society, even though I feel like we're hopefully moving in the right direction, yes. are still more comfortable with a uh, heterosexual relationship. Okay. Yes. So like things will be easier for him. Jobs will be easier for him. Showing public affection will be easier for him. Yes. He won't have to be scared if he's in like a rural town or yes. whatever. Yes. Okay. Fine. The fact that he brings dance class into this. He's not going to enroll his son in class? But it's the same thing as saying... So, so, so should he, so yeah, should he not hang around his kid because he's gay so the gay might rub off? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like these people that are like, we're going to send our kid to conversion therapy camp because we think he might be gay. So we're going to send him to this camp to get the gay out of him. It's more. It's the reverse, but it's the same freaking thing. But it, it, it's, it's more insulting because he, he knows better. He can't be ignorant to it because he's gay. It's right. like, like at least if a straight couple saying you're like, you're ignorant 
ignorant, you need to be schooled. He lives the life. Yeah. What is, so anyway, he's saying he, he does not think it's homophobic to say that a disproportionate amount of male singers, actors, and dancers on Broadway are gay. There are more gay men drawn to that profession. That's a homophobic. That's just a fact. Dude, settle down. But also, it's like, so if your son is wanting to go to dance class, then yeah, maybe he is gay. And so what? Right. So you're going to cock block? Sorry. Your kid? That's weird. I really wish I hadn't said that. You're, but you're going to, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to block your kid from doing the, the, the activity he wants to do because you're trying to prevent him from being gay? Right. What well, are you doing? Did he, do you know if he said that his kid came to, his son came to him and said, dad, I want to take dance class? No. Or was he just like talking about like, there's so many things to sign up for and I won't sign my kid up for dance class. Well, I didn't listen to the episode, but okay. it sounds like that because he says if he really wanted to take dance class, oh, which okay. he hasn't expressed that, but if he begged and pleaded, but he has to beg and plead. If he begged and pleaded and I saw that that would, that would uh, make him truly happy, I would do that. But I'm not going to just sign him up for one. This is, now I feel like this, he was just maybe looking for people to talk about him. Which oh, he got. it worked. It worked. You're because, relevant again, boo. You're yeah, relevant again. Because I, it's I would like, love to know what Kelly Catron thinks of this, really, because Kelly is really good friends with Perez. Oh, really? Yeah, and she's very good friends with me, and I would love to, and she's in PR, so she might yeah. be like, this is a fucking nightmare. But it's also just dumb, like, don't bring it up. It's not like his son was like, Dad, I really want to go to dance class, and Perez Hilton goes on the air, and he's like, guys, I'm struggling with this, because here's why. It's like me saying, you know... Taylor, Gemma really um, doesn't want to take softball, and I really don't want to sign her up for softball because what if she's a lesbian? Right. That's like me saying that, which or, is the dumbest I don't want, thing. Or I, like you know, it's a stereotype. All, all the kids in the class are going to are playing softball, and Gemma's like, I don't know if she wants to or doesn't want to, but I think I'm not going to sign her up for softball. I mean, if she expresses an interest in wanting to play softball and begs and pleads, okay, fine, I'll sign her up. But like, I don't want to sign her up for softball because like 50 percent of all girls that play softball end up being lesbians, yeah. and you know, I just don't want that life for Gemma. What? Dumbest thing ever. Dumbest, yeah, dumbest thing, thing ever. In the also, world. it's like Prez. He just made a. It's like a non-event. Like he just made this whole thing, this hypothetical situation, into this big drama pot for no reason. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't believe somebody who's in the gay community would talk like this. Like, you know what? I actually, if I have a son, yeah. I want him to be gay. I hope he's gay. Yeah, I say is that wrong to, to say? I mean, I love a gay man more than anything in the world. Same like, though. I would love to have a little gay boy. Like, if I could choose, that's what I would choose. If I could go pick a, a baby like a puppy, pick <laughs> go the to gay the, puppy. Go to the gay boy store and be like, <laughs> I'll take that one, a blonde. I would be such a great mom to a gay boy. Oh, yeah. I'd be the best. Now listen, if I had a daughter, I actually feel like it'd be easier to raise a lesbian daughter, right. being a lesbian. Right. Because, you know, it'd probably be a little bit harder for a daughter who was super duper girly and hetero, a little bit harder, you know. I mean, not that I can't, I couldn't relate to her and I, I've also been, you know, with men so I could probably still advise her on certain mm-hmm. things. But I would feel like that might be a little bit harder on her socially growing up. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Don't you think, though, if you did have a gay son or you did have a gay daughter, that you would, at a certain point in your life, be worried about how society would treat them? I mean, yes. More so than you would if they were straight. Yes and no, though, because like even when I think about you know you know Tay and I mm-hmm. spending the rest of our lives together, getting engaged, getting married, and having children, because I know that's a part right. of the plan. You know, I, I sometimes I do worry about like, oh, what if what what would be harder to have a little girl or a little boy? Because little girls can be brutally mean to each other, but and boys are tougher, you know. And also, boys think lesbians are sexy. In a way, so you I don't feel want like your son to think you guys are sexy. no, but his peers. Oh, so got like, it. like I feel like guys would be more like that's cool right. in a gross way, but still, then like you're you're from a family of freaks. 
you know? Whereas little girls would be like, ew, your mommies are lesbians. Maybe you're a lesbian. I don't want to have a sleepover with you. Like, girl, little girls can be bitches like that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I always do. think about that. But then if we had a kid that we knew was gay off the bat, and it was just kind of like a thing that was celebrated from, like, a young age, it would be the greatest. It's like, yeah, it rubbed off. We're all gay. <laughs> like, and, right. and maybe it could be, like, a socially acceptable thing, but if a little girl was straight with that labeling, I don't know. Like, I'm way... You're overthinking I'm it. way overthinking it. We went... When we went to Florida um, over winter break, we went to this place um, that was gay-friendly, so mm-hmm. if you want the name of it, I'll let you know. Please let me know. Um, and we got in the pool, and you've met my husband. He's, like, six foot four, and he's big. Yeah, like He's just, like, a big guy, and he's fun. He's a super fun dad. And some sexy dad. He's a sexy daddy. <laughs> um, anyway, we were in the pool with... He was in the pool with the kids, and I was, like like wandering around taking pictures whatever and there was this couple this gay couple um two women two Uh lesbians in the pool and they had a straight son well i mean he's he was eight years old so who knows but he seemed to be a straight son um and a little girl who was probably like six years old and i left for a second to go get drinks for us and i came back to the pool and this little boy was literally on nick like he was like a piggyback right he was on him and i got in the pool in a couple minutes and we were talking to the moms and we were hanging out with them and she was like i'm so sorry my son has attached himself to your husband and i was like no (laughs) nick loves it like because also leo was sitting on the side of the pool yelling at all the kids for splashing (laughs) Um, like the old russian man he is yes true yes yes and and i was like no he loves it like this is great and she's like i just feel like you know we don't have brothers her and her um partner yeah i don't they actually they were not married Uh um we had a whole conversation about that but anyway her and her partner and she said and i feel like he's at an age right now he's eight um where he's just craving mm-hmm. a dad yep, some and it's just I, it's something that i never thought about because i'm that always like so oh it's sad. society that's mean to these kids yeah but it's like it's oh also biology it's yeah it's so it complicated again the theme of the show is how complicated life is yeah and we can't unpack it for but you. even like you know like a single mother can probably relate to that too <laughs> exactly the absence of a father so it's like we live and we live in and a, a world and a single father with the mom same, Same thing. thing, right. Yeah. So, you know, like, just because you're gay doesn't mean that, you know, heterosexual people aren't going through the same thing. Right. But, it, yeah, but it's a thing. It's, it's harder. It's, a thing. it's harder. It's, it's harder. definitely harder. And it's, yeah. you know, as if raising kids isn't fucking hard enough, right? Let's, I was just going to say, matters. it is all hard. And there are degrees within that. But at the end of the day, but like. at the end of the day, Perez. Yeah. Come like, on. Like, support your community. And, like, don't, like, throw out, like, like stereotypes. And, I don't know, perpetuate, like, using the, like. And I, I catch myself with this all the time, too. Like, the word choice is a big no-no in the gay community. We didn't choose this. We are this. It's, that's a, right. it's something that's out of our control. Of course, if you could choose it, you would choose something that's yeah. an easier route. It's like eye it's color. Out of my, it's, it's like, I didn't my, choose my blue eyes. Right. It's out, of my, it's out of my control, yeah. you know? I mean, I fell madly in love with somebody, and I, what am I going to do? Deny that I'm madly in love? No, But that's not. the thing, too, is, you know, I, I complicate matters, too, because I don't identify as gay. I don't know what I identify as, but I know I fell in love with somebody. But I do, I am guilty of using the word choose. Like, I chose to be with Taylor. I think what I'm trying to say is I chose to be honest. Right, but that, that, that's what I mean when I say choose. Like, I chose to come on the air and make it public. I chose to live openly. Right. And I'm proud of the choice to, be, to like, own who I am and live openly. But I didn't choose to fall in love with Taylor. There was a guy lined up for me. He was rich. He was going to buy me lots of Chanel bags. <laughs> hmm. Damn. Uh... 
and then I fucking fell in love. What are you gonna do? You know, out of your. I mean, trust me, out of my damn control. Um, Well, I should tell Perez Hilton that Leo takes dance class, or he did. He didn't want to do it this year, so we said okay. But he took. I'm sorry um, to tell you this, but your son might be 50 percent gay. You know, that's all I want. (laughs) Also, I'm convinced. Like, go to dance class. Go to many dance classes. His also his favorite song is 76 trombones from the music band. Oh my god! Yeah. He asked for a trombone for his birthday. That's what he got. And Pastina. But um, but Nick loves musical theater, and but he also can like, you know, he was like a record-setting pitcher in college. Exactly, He's a baseball player. It's like find you a man who can do both, and you'll be happy. Exactly. So Perez Hilton, disappointed, disappointed. Yeah, not cool. Woo! That was a whole lot of feelings and a lot of different concepts and breaking down these social constructs that we have in the world that we live in. But I think it's safe to say I'm still pissed at Perez Hilton. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt. And like, I don't a thousand percent disagree with the things that he said. It is harder to be a member of the LGBTQ community. And I understand that being a parent, you want your kid's life to be as easy as humanly possible. I totally, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, he's almost kind of saying that, you, okay, so in the gay community, the number one word we do not use, okay, is choose or choice because the I feel like the massive argument is like, you know, Lady Gaga, shut up, but born this way. It's like, so the debate is, are you born this way or do you choose this lifestyle? And people who tend to be homophobic, they're the ones that say that you, oh, you chose this and oh, go to conversion camp and oh, you can choose a different path. And people in the gay community are like, I did not choose this. This is who I am. And I can't help but be who I am just the way somebody can't choose, you know, like their skin color or their ethnicity. It's like, or their, ge- well, no, their gender. You can't choose your gender. And, you know, that goes to transgender people. If you are born a woman, but you feel like you're a man, they're not choosing it. It's, it is, it is their, it, it's in their soul. It is their identity. And so that is, as far as I can see, as somebody who's always supported the LGBTQ community, and now as somebody who's actually a part of it, I uh, didn't see that one coming, but alas, here I am. You know, I feel like that word choose is that that's the biggest no. That's like the c word in the gay community. That's the no-no word. You don't say choose. That's what the anti-gay people say. So when Perez Hilton is saying, you know, if I had a like, if I could go back and choose when I was eighteen to be gay, to be gay or not gay, I would choose to not be gay. And listen, I guess he is acknowledging that he didn't have a choice in the matter. But then when he's saying he's choosing not to enroll his son in dance class because he doesn't want to encourage him to be gay or make him gay because he was a little ambiguous with that, it's like. So are you saying that if you choose to put your kids in dance class, you are in somehow involved in them being gay or not gay? It's like, hello, Perez, you are, you've lived this. We're born this way. Um, it just, it got me, it got me, clearly got me riled up. And also to that effect, and I know I said this in the clip, but I want to reiterate it. Speaking of choice, if I could choose, I would definitely choose to have a gay son. Way better than a straight son. I don't want a straight son. I don't want a hetero son. I want a gay son. Um, so I don't know. I just, as a gay man, it's like, again, I understand wanting your kids to have easy, happy lives. But the thing with me is I'm now in a relationship with a girl and I'm the happiest I've ever been. And so it makes me sad that Perez, it says more about Perez Hilton's life, where he is right now. He must not be in a good place. You know what? I'm actually having this epiphany as I'm just pontificating. He must not be in a good place for him to say that because if he was happy in his relationship and is happy with his family and happy with his just life in general, and I'm not blaming, you know, significant others or the kids or anything like that. I'm just saying in general, he must be in an in unhappy place because I, 
in a happy place would not say that. I feel so lucky to have met my girlfriend and to have, you know, and, and listen, I, I was guilty for a long time of using the word choose to describe being with my girlfriend because I was identified as straight my whole life and then I fell in love with this girl and I was like, no, I'm going to choose to like live this part of my life and and to commit to being in love with this person and following this path. But the truth of the matter is I didn't choose to fall in love with Taylor, who is my girlfriend. Yes, we have the same name for anybody who's new. I know it's confusing, but um, I just did fall in love with Taylor and it was an oh shit moment and like, oh my God. This is going to be so hard, and oh my God, this is going to be so difficult. It would be so much easier if I could just fall in love with a man, but I couldn't deny who I fell in love with. And so when we first got together, because I had always identified as straight, I just said, you know what? I'm going to choose, right, to follow my heart. So when I used to use the word choose, and I want to apologize for using that word because I hate that I did that, but I think that I, I wasn't doing a good job of explaining what I meant. I was choosing to live my true self and to, and, and to not stifle and suppress like what I really wanted because I knew it was going to be more difficult. So maybe that's why Perez also used the word choose. You know, it's like, of course it's the, you know, going into it when you're about to come out to your friends and your family. And for me, it was my listeners. Oh shit, this is hard. And it's like, it's so much easier. Well, it's not easier to stay in the closet, but it seems tempting because it's like, it's, it's this huge mountain, Mount Everest you have to climb, but people, who, who come out and, are, and embrace, you know, the lifestyle that is living in the LGBTQ community, you know, there is a part of us that are choosing to own our happiness and choosing to own who we really are. So if the word choose or choice is used in description of the LGBTQ community, I hope people are saying it in that way. In that way, I support. So maybe I have to back off Press Hilton a little bit for him using the word choose. Um, but I, I, I definitely like, you know, it was a hard decision to come out to my friends, my family. And I remember thinking when I first started dating Taylor, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like keep dating her. And it was kind of like secret for a while because I wasn't ready to identify myself as anything. And I felt like the second I told people I was dating her, people were going to be like, so you're a lesbian or so you've already been, you've been a lesbian your whole life or you're gay or how long did you struggle with this? And the truth was I didn't have that identity crisis in my youth and in, even in college. I never, I never hooked up with girls. I never even experimented. I just like, I got it. I was separated and I was, I mean, we were definitely getting divorced. There was no hope of reconciliation. And there was this person in my life who is gay and I knew she was gay um, when we became friends. And that, that was her identity. And then one day I was just hit over the head with like wanting to be with her. And I just, you know, I fell so hard and so in love and I'm so happy for that. But I remember thinking to myself, I'm not ready to identify as gay and I don't really know what dating a girl would make me. And I'm confused and I'm like, you know, newly like divorced and people are going to think I'm crazy. So I kind of kept it a secret because I didn't really want to deal with having to tell friends and family and definitely not the listeners. That was like a scary thing to me, too. And I kept saying to myself, I'm just going to take it day by day. I'm going to be very present because I had a, I struggled a lot with living presently before I got divorced and Living presently is what helped me realize I needed to get divorced and I had a great therapist. And so post-divorce, I was like, I'm going to stick to being a present person because it helps me make the decisions I need to be happy. And so I consciously said to myself, every day I wake up, am I happy with Taylor today? Yes, I am. Am I happy with Taylor today? Yes, I am. And before you knew it, we're like six months in. Before you know it, we're like approaching a year and I'm still happy and with this person. And that's when I realized like I have to embrace this and own this and commit myself to being part of this community because I'm in love with this person and I want and I choose to live honestly. So I chose to come out to my friends, to my family, 
all hard stuff to my audience. Not as hard as living with the secret your whole life, but still, nonetheless, even as an adult, fully equipped emotionally to handle hard things. I mean, listen, going through a divorce is hard, but I chose happiness, and a part of my happiness is being honest and transparent. And, you know, coming out was the scariest thing I ever did, but it was also the best thing I ever did. And I am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life now. So to think of the idea of having a child and wanting to prevent them from being a part of a community that, yes, it's hard, but anything that's worth having in life is hard. You know, you don't get the sweet without the sour. So for me, for Perez to kind of say that he would want to, if he could control his son not being gay or make choices that would lead him to be heterosexual and he would choose that path, that makes me so sad as a member of the LGBTQ community because being a part of this community is an honor and a privilege and I'm proud of myself and I'm proud to be dating a woman and I'm so in love and I'm so happy and you know I just feel like the message he sent out kind of could be a deterrent to somebody who maybe is struggling with their identity and maybe they're bisexual and it's like they're in love with the girl I mean I after I came out geez I got so many emails from women who listened that were like I'm in love with my best friend we live together as roommates we're from the south we don't want any of our you know we date guys we're they're they're basically our beards and like we're in love with each other but we're too scared to come out and like you're so inspiring but at the same time I feel so bad about myself that I'm not able to fully come out and commit to this like life and you know I don't know are we going to be together or are we going to marry these guys that we're dating and we're just going to live lies I mean it's it's incre- it's incredible what people are going through and it, it like coming out was the best thing ever because it made me realize whatever I come out as if I'm if I'm if I'm gay if I'm a lesbian if I'm bisexual if I'm Taylor sexual I like to say I'm Taylor sexual but you know my story how helped people in their lives be inspired to do the same. And I feel like what Perez Hilton is doing is he's taking a massive step in the backwards, in the wrong direction. And I feel like when we are members of the LGBTQ community, we have a responsibility to be leaders for other people who maybe are not as, or maybe not in a position to be as strong as us or or as, you know, as bold as us and and they're struggling to live their truth and they need examples of people living their truth to give them that push to be courageous and live their own truth and ultimately their own happiness. So Prez Hilton, you know what, dude, shame on you. I have to say, I understand the struggle, bro. And I understand it's real because I've lived it. And so I can, I can, relate and empathize to your pain and what and I get what you're trying to say but not said well and you should know better being a part of this community and ultimately you know shame on you like this you should feel special to be a part of this community and you have an obligation to potential members of our community and you kind of didn't you, you did us dirty a little bit, dude. But at the end of the day, I think he did himself dirty. And I really think, if I'm being completely honest, in the stream of consciousness I'm in, I think that Perez Hilton is in a really dark, unhappy place in his life. And that's what the statement had more so to do than with his son being gay. He's not happy in his gay life right now. And um, that makes me sad for him. So I guess above all else, we're all human beings, right? And we all have struggles. So rather than dog on him, I'm just going to say, like, I'm sorry, man, that you're, like, in a dark place. And good luck to you. And, like, I hope and pray that you can find your way out of it. Because, you know... He's like, look at the life he lives. He's has this fame and this beautiful life and success. And he's, you know what? He's not being grateful for everything that he's been given at this point in time. So it's a shame.
It's a shame. Anyway, I hope you guys liked uh, this interesting episode of Taste of Taylor. Uh, a clip from Lori Bergamotto, who I love, 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 love. Follow Lori Bergamotto on social media, at Lori Bergamotto. Also, make sure to pick up an issue of Good Housekeeping. That's where she works. And check out goodhousekeeping.com. They've got some amazing stuff there. Um, and also, thank you for hanging out with me, t- literally talking to myself. It's actually scary how long I can talk to myself for. This is what I do when I'm home alone. I just do it with my mouth closed in my brain. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of Taste of Taylor. Make sure to let me know what you thought of this episode. Did you hate it? Did you love it? Rate it, uh, comment, and make sure to share it with friends and family. And yeah, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of Taste of Taylor. Bye-bye. Hey, girl, hey, did you love this taste of me? Want more? Then make sure to go to taylorstrecker.com to subscribe to The Taylor Strecker Show for hours and hours of me entertaining your ass. Content with this nibble? Well, then I'll see you next Wednesday and make sure to subscribe to The Taste of Taylor Podcast and follow me on social media at Taylor Strecker.